as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. Morning news on 710 KURV. Top newsmakers. Here's Sergio Sanchez. The Small Business Administration, Angela Burden. Angie, welcome back to the program. Uh, I called you to give us more information on a couple of post-storm centers that you set up in the area to help folks rebuild businesses and homes. So what can you tell us as far as the amount of money available and how long these centers will be open in the area? So, yes, we have uh, SBAs actively working two different um, disaster declarations. One, those who were impacted by severe storms, thunderstorms, large hail, and straight line winds occurring April 28th, right? And that declaration will support uh, uh, folks, businesses, and homes, homeowners, renters in Brooks, Cameron, Hildago, Kennedy, Star and Willisie counties. And the deadline to apply for property damage for that particular uh, declaration is July 21st. And then obviously the deadline to apply for the economic injury disaster loan is February 22nd, 2024. So that's one. And secondly, we have another uh, businesses and residents affected by the severe storms and a tornado that occurred on May 13th. And that disaster declaration is for uh, small businesses and homeowners, renters um, in Cameron, Hildago, and Willisie counties. The deadline to apply for apply for property damage for that particular declaration is July twenty fourth, twenty twenty three, and then the uh, the uh, economic injury disaster loan uh, deadline is February twenty sixth, twenty twenty four. And both of those um, were acted under the authority um, of the SBA in its own administrative authority uh, once we received requests from the Governor Greg Abbott on May 19th and May 24th. So um, you're probably thinking, what does that mean? Like, so what, right? <laughs> uh, what it means is it means low interest federal disaster loans are available to businesses of all sizes, most uh, private nonprofit organizations, homeowners and renters um, whose property was damaged or destroyed by one of the two disasters that I previously mentioned. And so um, when we talk about the low interest federal disaster loans, uh, businesses of all sizes and private nonprofit organizations may borrow up to two million to repair or replace damaged or destroyed real estate machinery and equipment, inventory, and other business assets. So that's up to $2 million for businesses and nonprofits. Um, and then also for homeowners, uh, we can help uh, with improvements or protect, prevent, or minimize the same type of damage. So we have what they call mitigation loans as well. And then 
Disaster loans up to 200000 are available to homeowners or to repair or replace damaged or destroyed real estate. So if your home um, was damaged or destroyed during one of these two disasters, you can receive up to 200000 okay. All right. And then there's another one, homeowners and renters. Now, a lot of folks ask about renting, renters. Um, you, they're available or eligible up to 40000 to repair or replace their own personal property or personal vehicles. Um, so the interest rates are, are good. Um, the interest rates can be as low as 4% uh, for businesses. Um, 2.3, excuse me, 2.375% for private nonprofit organizations and 2% or excuse me, 2.5% for homeowners or renters. And then obviously we can uh, pull the terms out to 30 years. All right. So it makes your payment very reasonable. From our local office for the Small Business Administration, Angela Burton, our guest. Ms. Burton, Tim Sullivan here. Regarding the tornado in Laguna Heights, it, I'm sorry, I, I missed it, but did you say that a disaster assistance center has been set up for that um, that weather event as well? Yes. So there's there's two. We have what they call them disaster loan outreach centers. We have two in Hildago and, yes, one in Cameron County. The one in Cameron County um, has been set up at the Constable Precinct 1 uh, Norman Esquivel okay. at uh, 505 Highway 100, which is in Port Isabel. Okay. And it's open Monday through Friday, 9 to 6, or Saturdays, 10 to 4. Gotcha. But yes, there is a su- support. Um, the oh. two in Hildago County, one is uh, located at the Old Church Winery, uh, 700 North Main Street in McAllen. And then we also have another one in Palm View, Texas. And that's at the, I believe that's at the Precinct 3, Hidalgo County Precinct 3 complex there in Palmview off of Moorefield Road? Yes, yes. Are you getting a lot of business at those two disaster assistance centers in Hidalgo County so far? Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what we say when we say a lot of business, but <laughs> I do know that they've had folks come and apply. I mean, we want to make sure that the my constituents or the folks in my district um, know that they they do have support and um, you know we are here to help so even if it's one person we want to make sure that we give that person a hundred percent support and customer service um, to help them make to help them become whole after the disaster how are those centers staffed? Uh, how many folks are in there to, to help the windstorm victims fill out their applications and, I guess, answer any questions they may have? Yeah, I would say um, at this point we probably have, uh, I would say, five to six at each uh, location at this point. Uh, plus, uh, the district office is also fielding calls uh, to support folks. but. Also, um, you can go also go online, so there's that option, so you don't even have to go to the a Disaster Loan Outreach Center. You can apply online. Um, our website um, has an application. Uh, a, it's like a uh, an inline application. You don't print it or anything. You fill it out online. Um, if you go to www.sba.gov, 
and okay. then go to disasters, you can uh, find the actual application. Um, we also have customer service line, um, which is uh, 1-800-659-2955. Um, but also just know that your local office can help. Um, our, you know, my uh, direct number is 956-625-2076 if you really uh, need to talk to someone or you really want some questions answered, call me. Uh, my email is angela.burton at sba.gov. Um, and so we just want you to know we're here to support support folks. Gen 4, Th- Angie, appreciate the update. Just real quick, in about 30 seconds, any key documentation folks need to bring with them before they go to one of these centers? Um, yes. And, they'll, you know, most of the time, you know, you're going to need uh, obviously your um, your ID you're going to need any information around your insurance any information around your the owner of your home your mortgage company um, uh, let's see uh, you're going to want to have your uh, bank routing number and account number there's okay. just a whole slew of things yeah. um, that you can bring but I, I would just say bring everything as much <laughs> as you can yeah, you think thinking of a regular yeah financial transaction. Thank you, Angie. Angela Burton with the Small Business Administration in our area. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it, it's free. It's good to hear from an old friend. Man, we had a steady cadence every week talking with our health authority in Cameron County, Dr. James Castile. You know, during the COVID season, now things are nice and quiet. Although we do have another issue we need to talk about. It's health-related in the area. So we welcome back Dr. James Castile, our Cameron County Health Authority. We also say congratulations. We understand he's the CMO, the Chief Medical Officer at DHR Health big Brownsville campus. Dr. James, welcome to the program. Let's start with the issue you're tackling right now as health authority, which is this uh, meningitis thing that came up from some clinic in in Matamoto. So what's going on? What was going on with that is um, uh, some uh, patients who were going there for uh, cosmetic procedures uh, were getting uh, an epidural, it's an injection of uh, anesthetic into the around the spine to block pain and uh it might have been contaminated with a fungus uh this there's been outbreaks of this before in the michigan area there's outbreak last year in durango mexico uh so this has happened before uh usually from a contamination in the medicine right um but once fungus 
spinal fluid, uh, it can set up a really terrible, uh, very, very difficult to treat infection. Uh, and so there was an outbreak of that. Uh, the authorities in Mexico were able to shut down uh, the clinics, uh, stop new cases, but now uh, trying to reach out to those patients who were uh, exposed and who are getting symptoms, who are sick and, you know, in the hospitals. Uh, across the country, uh, people from Canada, across Texas, uh, you know, lots of different places uh, going down there for, you know, this medical tourism, mm-hmm. um, but uh, trying to take care of those patients and get them treated. It's Again. not contagious person to person. Again, the issue is that fungal infection and the spinal fluid as a result of the epidural. Do you and other folks in, in medical, you have any idea how many patients may have been exposed to this by the clinic or clinics in Matamoros over several weeks. Do you know? From just residents of Cameron County, at least uh, 69 people uh, across the Texas, over 170 about, and maybe over at least 200 from outside of Mexico. Wow. Is there anything that can be done um, preemptively? Folks take some medicine or supplement to uh, you know, mitigate you know, less than the chance well, that they we get were, infected. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're reaching out to those people. Um, you know, we're reaching out to them uh, and offering them, you know, getting tested to see if this fungus is in there. And if we find it, uh, starting them on treatment before they get sick. Um, but if a person has already, you know, been exposed and they started having symptoms, you know, at least knowing what we're dealing with and knowing the protocols to get them tested, it's been really great working with. Um, you know, the physicians at, at Valley Baptist in Harlingen uh, and with the university, UTRGV, and with the CDC trying to develop a treatment plan, because this is a very rare thing. There's no cookbook for this. So learning from past outbreaks, from people from Michigan, from the doctors from Mexico who had treated this before, and within, within a few days, you know, coming up with a protocol, it's been really amazing to kind of pull that teamwork and resources that we have. We definitely uh, utilize some of the skills we learned during COVID on trying to respond to new, this kind okay. of new disease. All right. Our guest is Dr. James Castillo. He is our Cameron County Health Authority, and he's also the CMO, Chief Medical Officer over at DHR Health at Brownsville Campus. Yeah, Dr. James Tim Sullivan here. Let me get back to uh, you know, what we were talking to you so many times over the past couple of years and ask you, you know, where do we stand, would you say, right now in our COVID situation across the valley? Uh, COVID has kind of become this steady, you know, steady state. It's an illness that's not going to go away. Uh, it's going to just kind of hang around, kind of like you can get a cold any time of the year. What's really changed a lot about it is... Um, you know, how sick people get with it, which is, you know, typically uh, a healthy person otherwise, or even if you have some chronic medical problems, not very sick, because almost everybody's immune system has now seen this virus, either because you've been vaccinated or you've had the infection. And thankfully, it turned out to be one of those, uh, those infections where, you know, if you get it another time, it's typically not as bad, all right? There, that doesn't always play out with all illnesses, but thankfully, that's how it's playing out with this. Yeah, coronavirus still around. Uh, obviously, we don't hear much about it. Not sure how many people are paying attention to it anymore, but, but should we? And should we still be keeping up with the, the vaccinations? 
Uh, I think the vaccinations really at this point should be concentrated on those with the biggest risk of getting very sick from this. So this is people living with, you know, immune suppression issues, chronic diseases, uh, the elderly, people who are still at risk for, hey, you don't want to get bad COVID. Uh, but the reason why we don't hear about it so much is because it's not overwhelming our hospitals. You know, we don't have these COVID wards in the hospitals anymore. Um, so the patients I see now when they get COVID, it's, it's definitely not their main problem. Uh, so I think that's a really big shift in, in what we were dealing with before, uh, during the past peaks. So, that, you know, that's, you know, thank goodness it's shifting into that something we live with and can live with. Um, you still don't want this illness, you know, but I, I, people are still getting it. Uh, pretty much, can, you know, every month, every week, I think in Cameron, we're having at least 200 cases um, a week. You know, we issue our reports weekly on Fridays now. So we're mm -hmm. still seeing 200 cases, and that's obviously going to be an underestimate. But the hospitals, you know, we're not getting overwhelmed with, you know, ICUs, intubated patients because yeah. of COVID. We pray we never see that nightmare. Again, Dr. James Castillo, Cameron County Health Authority. Also, uh, the original reason I called him is because he's a CMO, the new chief medical officer at DHR Health, quickly expanding its footprint in South Texas. They have a Brownsville campus. So describe your role, what do you do as a CMO, and describe that DHR campus in Brownsville. Oh, the DHR campus in Brownsville is a 59-bed hospital with an ER, ICU, uh, you know, operating rooms. It, it's, I think it's been great with DHR. The mission really is to bring that kind of excellent quality healthcare closer to home uh, and bringing things to the Valley that normally people here have had to travel to San Antonio or Houston for, things like kidney transplant, maybe in the future liver transplant, access to all of the physician specialists that we have. DHR has got this huge array of, you know, specialists that uh, are not typically available any with any other place in, in South Texas. Uh, so bringing that closer to home to Brownsville, the largest city in the Valley, that's, you know, very exciting. And for me, I've always, uh, you know, I live in Cameron. I've served the Cameron County for, for a really long time. So it's super exciting yeah. to see, you know, DHR being able to bring that style of care, that, you know, really local run, locally focused care uh, to Brownsville. It's just great. And so what I do with them is really help uh, build up that medical staff, interface with the medical staff, um, you know, have that good quality of care that DHR is known for and, and you know, growing that in Brownsville. Speaking of go growth in Brownsville, it's undeniable. Man, it's growing so fast. And with all the economic potential and it's about to be unleashed in the area and jobs everywhere. It, with, with the new DHR campus, it seems that almost immediately you need to start planning for expansion or growth for the DHR facility. Can, is there anything you can share about that? Uh, I know it's definitely can grow in phases. Uh, you know, right now we're at that very, very beginning phase. You know, it's an amazing, beautiful hospital. I did my first consult there uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know, really, really beautiful place to be. I mean, we've always had great health care in Brownsville and the Valley and, you know, bringing more of it, raising that bar a bit, you know, I think it's going to be great for the whole community. But definitely DHR is going to be prepared to expand just like we have been up in Edinburgh, bringing new things to the Valley. Uh, it's really exciting. You guys still hiring, expanding there at Brownsville? I'm, it seems like we're always hiring. Absolutely, uh -huh. that's true. <laughs> uh, you know, but you know, yeah. as Brownsville, yeah, as Brownsville grows, you know, uh, definitely we're going to keep growing to meet that need. And uh, 
yeah. you know, keep more things here locally. I mean, the fact that if we have to keep traveling up to Houston or San Antonio to great to get great health care, uh, bringing it locally, I mean, why not? Well, hang on to your hats, amigo, because we're going to be growing at warp speed, I'm convinced, here pretty soon with LNG and aerospace and everything taking place at Brownsville. Congratulations, James, and always appreciate you being just one phone call away, Doc. We always appreciate your, your contribution. That's our Cameron County Health Authority, Dr. James Castillo. News Talk 710 KURV. When news breaks, we break in. Break in. Breaking news. Stay alert and listen to the weather forecast. We need to be aware and alert to what's going on. Breaking news means it's happening now. And we mean now. Breaking news underway right now. Breaking news on News Talk 710 KURV means we're bringing you the news as it happens. We have a multiple In this particular instance, we are in receipt of information. When news breaks, we'll break in. Count on News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. This is News Talk 710 KURV, this radio station, exclusive play-by-play home for Houston Astros baseball. Thank you to our many supporters, including FNT Valley Motorsports and Riverside Development Services and also Hess Air. Helen Domitis, our city manager for our city of Brownsville, also with a heart for economic development issues, joining us again. Welcome back, Helen. Hey, I wanted to ask you about Star Factory, the project over at Starbase for Elon Musk. I saw some renderings and pictures of the proposed project. Does that mean that the largest employer for our city is about to get even bigger soon? Yes, absolutely. If you've seen their uh, postings from their... Uh, from their human resources director, they're posted now for a hundred jobs. Mm-hmm. And also, yes, that is a very large star factory. They had started construction, I would say about a year ago. And then just seeing that, um, that they had a lot of activity. So what they do is they take down the bigger hangers and they continue with the construction of one massive hangar. That is like, I think um, it, it, at what point it goes up to, about uh, 50 feet to 80 feet tall. Um, and so it's very, it's really great to see that they're moving forward with that and it's the right time for the company to do that. Man, you have any idea, Helen, what the minimum qualifications or the skill set would be to get a job? Because they're building rockets at that, at that star base, right? That star factory, that's the plan, right? Yes, that is the plan. Um, that's what they do now. What I would say is that there's jobs that are uh, technical and non-technical. So you'll have from like, you may have something like avionics, you may have welding, but you may have to have, you may also have human resources and finance and catering and other types of services that are so important to run any company. So what I would do is encourage people um, to look at to see all those job opportunities and see that if you may be interested in any of those. So it's not always what we think. One type of job they have a, a variety, a whole host and variety of jobs that are available. Do we need some support services to help out SpaceX? Are you and folks at EDC actively recruiting other type of support businesses? Because that's a that's a really big operation and about to get massive there at Boca Chica. 
Sure. We're actually, um, we're always actively working with them and talking to them. We're also going to host our next um, careers and coffee event in September. So we're going to have some quite a large employers there. We're expecting from Bechtel next decade um, as that project comes online um, to SpaceX, you know, just, but to our local companies, we have our third hospital that opened up. It's still hiring. So we're seeing just a real strong uh, growth market in terms of job creation and a very strong economy here. So absolutely. Yeah, with all the jobs, hundreds of jobs at the port of Brownsville, eight, 500, 600 jobs any given day, they're always got the help wanted sign out there, SpaceX growing by leaps and bounds. You mentioned more jobs in the medical community. That means we need more houses and in Brownsville. How are we keeping up with construction? What can you report as far as uh, new neighborhoods, home construction, and of course City Hall trying to keep up with all the infrastructure pressure for all that? Yes, no, we're doing well. I mean, and if you look at our building permits from just a year ago, we are residential permits were up about 1,200 uh, last year, and it's already gone up to 2,400 uh, residential permits. That doesn't include also rehab, so that's just new construction start. So we do have quite a bit of subdivisions that keep growing. For example, next week we're, we keep uh, having land annexed into the city voluntarily for construction. And mm. um, we also have the Madeira master plan that would be, you know, over 3,000 homes, but also commercial and also office use. So that's also good to see a mix of development. Um, and so that's going forward and also the revitalization of downtown. We're seeing more people want to activate their second floor. People think it's cool to live um, in downtown. And so just being able to assist some of those companies to, I mean, or the developers to be able to activate and really have a, a mix of uses where you can have commerce and coffee on the first floor, but then also um, lease out a loft on the second floor. Helen Ramirez is our city manager for the city of Brownsville. She's also an expert in economic development issues. That was her, her strong suit for many years in Brownsville. I want to ask you about the low-hanging fruit that's out there. Now, we're so blessed to have LNG, liquefied natural gas, about to set up shop. We've got billions and billions of private sector dollars on the way and even more jobs for many more years at Brownsville. It, truly an economic revolution about to take place at the port of Brownsville. But Man, there are so many low-hanging uh, opportunities when it comes to the green industry. We just, in the news past several days, we had like Rob's down north of us, and they got some sort of you know, plant to benefit Elon Musk. I think that should have been down here uh, in in Georgia, just in the news like today. They got, they got another battery plant. There's battery plants popping up all over the place, from batteries to solar panels to electric vehicle components, so on and, and so forth. That, to me, seems like low-hanging fruit. Uh, why is it that we can't or don't seem to be landing more of those jobs here in South Texas? Well, we are. I mean, the city just approved the solar farm um, for zoning, and also we're probably the first, one of the first airports in Texas to look at a microgrid. The microgrid is going, we are hoping to power up all of the airport and access and which is great for uh, resiliency um, as we as we grow our economy and to grow our airport. As you know, there's a lot of industrial SpaceX is at the airport too in Brownsville, um, and they want to grow. Other companies are growing, 
um, in our airport. So we want to make sure we facilitate. Also, the wind farm um, has always been uh, economic generator for the Port of Brownsville through its import, export, and manufacturing. So we've historically been there and done that. I think it's just adding other types of cutting edge energy sources and then them seeing it's, it's always, I think they creep, keep creeping down south. Um, I would also say that uh, SpaceX, you know, did buy Massey's gun range and is testing there. So just within um, Boca Chica Beach, um, they've expanded and also um, in the city of Brownsville. So I, just, I think it's just the beginning um, of, of all this. The PUBs also, um, you know, embracing now clean energy and a utility company. And then with our broadband project, which is actually in construction yeah, now all over the city. Yeah. If you, you see the city, there's like all these fiber, orange fiber wires all over the city. Seriously, so, drive yeah. down here. So you'll see that. Yeah, I was, I was referencing assembly lines for jobs, jobs, jobs on the on the green energy revolution. But yeah, we seem to be setting up the infrastructure for that. And of course, things made easy on the recruitment side with Brownsville being top 10 when it comes to best places to live, U.S. News World Report. Well, continued success, Helen. Thank you for the update. Our city manager for Brownsville, Helen Damita. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. It's the beginning of summer travel season. I'm expecting to hear those plans are going to be full this summer. Marv Lee from Valley International Airport, the Valley's Airport, joining us right now. Are you able to access information on on bookings going into June and July? Have the airlines commented to you how, how strong the, the traffic might be going into summer? It's amazing um, to look at some of the air carriers we, can, we have access to that uh, the bookings are very strong. So I suspect that that's going to run uh, throughout all of our uh, airlines. How are boardings so far? In, in this year? Oh, my gosh. It's, it's been an incredible season, uh, winter season for sure. Uh, we are actually up uh, 34% above pre-pandemic numbers for this fiscal year so far and 20% up over last year. So the numbers are just through the roof. Now, I'll ask you the same thing I asked uh, Liz over at McKellen. Uh, those numbers that are real strong on boardings, if you, if you were to somehow – if you were able to exclude – the folks that are flying out of town that, you know, cross the border illegally processed by border patrol, given their folder, manila folder, all that. Cause I know those folks are also flying at Harlan. If you take those out, what would you say the boarding numbers would be for Harlan? 
Well, to give you a good example of our March uh, you know, to 2023, uh, we had about 3,500 uh, passengers that left, left the valley that didn't come back um, out of 44,000. Uh, so, you know, over 40,000 of those were just to, uh, you know, people, visitors and, and business uh, trips in and out of the valley. Uh, so it's a, it's less than uh, 10%, probably around 7% uh, of the total in March. Flights to Mexico or maybe some commercial, expanded commercial opportunities. What's on the horizon for Valley International Airport? Well, uh, we just started our uh, summer season to uh, Cancun, Mexico. Yeah, so, uh on Wednesdays and Saturdays, you can fly nonstop uh, from Valley International Airport to uh, Cancun, Mexico. So that happens on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Uh, so you can enjoy a couple days uh, or a few days and, uh, and or nice. a week. Uh, yes. So, yes, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's full. So definitely book as, as quick as you can. Yeah. Who's flying us there? Uh, Sun Country Airlines. Sun Country. <laughs> Going south to Mexico. That, that's pretty good. Yeah. So with that connection to Mexico, then Sun Country... I guess you can't call them a seasonal carrier anymore, can you? I mean, they obviously have they have a presence there almost permanently now. Yeah, they're they're here uh, most of the year around, uh, you know. But uh, you can look at a seasonal to Minneapolis uh, when the winter it gets cold up in Minneapolis area and up north in the Midwest. Uh, they're heading this direction, uh, and now um, with with a summer season um, to Cancun, so. Yeah, it's they're still kind of a seasonal airline, but uh, you know they're they're here in, at the Valley International Airport for most of the year. Marv Esterly with Valley International Airport joining us. Update as we open up the travel season. Uh, so let's do let's take inventory. Uh, tell us all the different airlines you got going into summer. Well, we have Southwest. Uh, they've been here for years and years and years. So uh, doing well to Houston and to Austin. Uh, you have American Airlines uh, also flying from to DFW, but also seasonally uh, to uh, Chicago now on Saturdays. You have United Airlines uh, flying to Houston Intercontinental. From there, you can connect anywhere in the world. Uh, you have Sun Country Airlines and Delta Airlines to join the mix this winter season, uh, both flying mainline aircraft to, into uh, into the airport, and uh, all of them, you know, with a very good load factor. So, you know, things are really, really popping at the airport, and uh, we're excited about it. How do you gauge commercial traffic, Marv? Do, do you do it by number of airlines, or is there a weight that you can that you can accumulate and say, you know, we, we've got increased commercial loads coming in or or leaving the valley? You know, we look at uh, it uh, by passengers, uh, typically in-plane passengers that are getting on the aircraft. Of course, we keep track of deplane passengers as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, passengers, um, it's uh, actually butts and seats, we call it. Hmm. Um, but also the number of seats in the market, uh, and which has, uh, you know, been, been uh, extremely high uh, compared to other seasons. Uh, so with Delta coming in now, um, flying nonstop to Minneapolis, they're able to connect, uh, you know, many other cities in the Midwest, uh, upper Midwest, to uh, the Valley now. Uh, so we're seeing people flying in um, in the winter from uh, Des Moines, from, you know, Cedar Rapids, uh, from Appleton, Green Bay, Detroit, and even into Canada and Calgary and Toronto. The package delivery industry, you know, and overnight flights, FedEx, all those other companies, uh, do you... Have you noticed an increase in the amount of stuff coming into the valley? That usually indicates uh, an indicator of purchases and, and retail activity. 
You know, uh, really, we've been kind of flat um, over the last couple of years since the pandemic. We had the big surge during the pandemic when everybody was sitting at home buying things online. Um, But that's changed a bit. uh, So we're probably down about, uh, you know, over over pre-pandemic numbers, probably 15 percent overall. But uh, um, pretty flat uh, if you look before the, the pandemic surge. Campus improvements or runway improvements near future? What do you got? Well, we're um, currently uh, doing the runway extension. Uh, so the 8,300 foot, the longest runway in the Rio Grande Valley, will now be 9,400 feet by the end of the year. Um, so we're really happy about that because it comes with two uh, ILS, uh, brand new ILS approaches uh, to both ends of the runway that'll minimize uh, or, or lower our minimums and uh, minimize the, the possibility of delays and cancellations. So really excited about that. That's a $38 million project. So. Uh, we're we're glad to finally get that done. Uh, it'll definitely assist our air, our cargo carriers in and out of the the Rio Grande Valley. Uh, we're also working uh, diligently on finishing our parking lot improvements. So uh, you know, for the first time, uh, you can fly out of an airport here in the Rio Grande Valley and put your car under covered parking. So that should be done in the next thirty days. So we're hey, really excited good. about that to bring that. All right. So how many vehicles will will you be able to park under that covered parking? Yeah, it's uh, and um, you got me there exactly. Uh, but I believe it's around 300 uh, okay. that uh, we have spaces for. Um, don't quote me on that. I'll definitely get you the right number. Um, but uh, it is uh, it's going to be a huge improvement. Yeah, uh, that's to good. Be able to park in that's hot good. days. Yeah, uh, first come, first serve at a premium. Yes, uh, yes. It's uh, just that they are close in parking, so it's right up by the terminal building. So it is definitely premium parking, and you yeah. can couple that with uh, with a trip to the VIP lounge and uh, <laughs> the upper concourse across from Gate Six. And yeah. uh, boy, there's some VIP treatment. Right I'm just glad there's finally a place to park at a Valley Airport with a roof, where you don't have to worry about these occasional hailstorms we've been seeing of late and <laughs> damaging your vehicle while <laughs> while you're away. Yeah, All yeah right. definitely. Thank you, Marv, for for the update. That's Marv Esterling. Oh, by the way, just real quick, tips real quick for the summer traveler as we get ready for the 2023 season to make things faster, easier here in what, uh, connecting airports. You know, I can't stress enough is uh, to make sure that you book early, um, you know, to get your flights earlier, you get the better prices as well as uh, – you know, you're not worried about uh, getting a seat um, as well because it's going to be full nationwide. You know, another thing uh, I would definitely stress is to be patient. Um, you know, a lot of people are flying, uh, so you got to go into it. Uh, you know, with the, the attitude that hey, you know, there's could be disruptions. You have air traffic control shortages nationwide um, that has slowed some of the traffic down. Um, so either way, you know, you got to go into it uh, you know, again with a with a uh, good attitude, I guess. Uh, um, now, I can't stress that enough. All right. Thank you, Marv. Marv Esterly from Valley International Airport. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. 
You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. There's a new system to help anticipate flooding in the city of Edinburgh. Edinburgh Public Works Director Vince Romero joins us on News Talk 710 KURV. So give us an idea of uh, what the system looks like now. How big is it? How it works? What What is the process like? So good morning. So this is actually in the uh, we're in the pilot phase of it. We have one center that is out in the uh, within the city and we're installing the second one. We're looking at anticipating the, actually this Wednesday. Now, region-wide, there is, a, there is uh, uh, several of these sensors in uh, some of the county ditches, Hidalgo, Willisie, and Cameron County, and they're, but they're more monitoring water quality going to Laguna Madre. So this is not new technology. It's a new application that we're now applying it for flood management within our city. And what was the process so, okay. like before? Uh, how, right. how, big of a, how big of a stretch is it, and how do you, how do you manage... Um, flooding where it begins in the city of Edinburgh? So basically, uh, the way it was managed before, basically visually, we would go out and we would monitor ditches, we would monitor the surface level, we would uh, have to drive upstream to see, you know, how much water is actually coming in from McAllen or downstream, how much is going out. If it was, you know, we would have to basically visibly run the ditches to monitor them. So with this new technology now, uh, the application, we'll be able to get data every five minutes, such as uh, the water surface level, uh, the temperature of the water. We'll be able to know how much water is coming into the city. We'll be able to know what it's doing within our city, and then we'll be able to know what it's doing leaving the city. So we plan to strategically place these monitors throughout our drain ditches to be able to, once it's built out, be able to monitor from uh, from the beginning to the end of our system. For those that don't know, uh, who, who don't deal with this on, on a daily basis, um, where how does the water flow through the city of Edinburgh? You, you mentioned it comes in through McAllen and other places. How does it, how does it flow through the city? Yes, it, it actually comes, it comes out uh, from McAllen, that area, and McAllen's getting Mission's water, Mission's getting La Jolla's water. So it all travels downstream from McAllen, it comes into Edinburgh, and from Edinburgh we head out north through the county main drain. So, you know, water, water, the commands of water, it, it follows the path of least resistance. So visually we may think the water is all moving one way, but once the ditches top off, sometimes that water starts backing up, backflowing. So that's what we're looking at also. This is gonna give us data and information to know strategically where to place detention ponds and how to, how to handle this water in a more efficient manner and reduce flooding. We're, we're getting taken to school about flooding in the city of Edinburgh and how to anticipate it, how to mitigate it. Uh, Edinburgh Public Works Director Vince Romero joins us on 710KURV. Mr. Romero, Tim Sullivan here. So how do you know where to place these sensors? So we're strategically placing them based on where the water's coming in, midpoints, and then the endpoints. But we're also considering, you know, with the, the population, where the residential uh, neighborhoods are. We're also looking at where we have areas that have been prone to flooding, uh, and that's where we're strategically placing these sensors. So once you get a warning from this measuring gauge of of floodwaters or waters backing up, um, what does that indicate? What steps does the city then take at that point? That's a great question. So with these sensors, we already actually have... uh, uh, elevations that we know when it gets to this certain elevation, we're at the gutter. It waters in the street. When we get to a second elevation, 
we know that the water is at the top of the gutter, which means it's now going to start moving on the property. So when we get those alerts, we know already to start deploying pumps, start deploying personnel to start mitigating. We got to go out there and troubleshoot. What is it? Is it a, an outfall that's plugged or is it just too much water? The system's overloaded. And so we can start rolling pumps and mitigating whatever the issue is. But it gives us that lead time to get out there. Yeah, so you can get out there a lot earlier, relieve that flooding yes, uh, a lot sooner than than would have normally been otherwise. That Boy, that's, this is a great step. Um, so how many of these gauge-type sensors do you plan on getting? So right now we... We're installing the, we're going to install the second one because we're in the pilot phase of it. Mm-hmm. We're actually the first city to start installing them within the cities. Um, there are several cities that are already uh, seeking permits to install as well. We personally have the second one be, will be installed. We're hoping uh, Wednesday we'll start installing it, the second one, and then we have two more funded and uh, we're requesting through the budgetary process for funding. Uh, and we're also seeking grants. Also, this first one was actually acquired through a grant, uh, the U.S. Uh, border 2025, U.S. Mexico border 2025 grant. So we're also going to be actively seeking through grant money to install additional sensors. How many do you figure you'll you'll need in all? That's what, <laughs> and that's what we're in the process still of, of evaluating. But we're thinking anywhere between six to ten. So are they costly? We'll be almost halfway there. Are they? Are they're they actually? They're, they're actually not that uh, costly through the grant. Uh, we acquired one, and the second one we're getting for approximately ten thousand. Uh, but we did get a reduced rate because we're collaborating with uh, with uh, some partnerships. The uh, rates, which is the ones that actually uh, through their uh, educational program, are developing this. And then also through the Lower Rio Grande Valley Task Force, who we're members with also. So there's a lot of collaboration going on with it. Annenberg Public Works Director Vince Romero joining us on Newstalk 710 KURV. Will it be able to help you determine where um, not only flooding but uh, illegal dumping taking place, uh, anything clogging up the, the the drainage pipes along the way? Well, it will. It will in the sense that as the sensors get placed, it, you know, water equalizes. So if we see a uh, higher surface level in one section uh, in contrast with the levels around it, either in front of it or behind it, then we know there's some blockage in the crossing or some blockage in the lines. So at that point, we can go out there because all the elevation should be equalized. It rises and drops at the same level. Awesome. It gives you a bird's eye view of everything that's going on. Uh, how, how long until the project is completed? We're thinking within the next two to three years, we should have everything installed. How many? Uh, how many installed are right now? You said there was a few already installed, right? We're, we're yes, we're installing our second one, and again, we're still in the pilot phase of it. Uh, so this is really a new application, but uh, you know, it, it's it's really good stuff. It, you know, in the old days, we had to ride the ditches and. And, you know, eyeball the ditch, okay, it's half full, it's, you know, three-quarters full. But that doesn't really tell you what the water's doing. That just tells you how much water's in that section of the ditch. So with this technology, we'll be able to tie this in actually even to the street level in the neighbor, in the adjacent neighborhoods that all fall into these ditches. Awesome. This is real neat stuff. Hey, thanks a lot for spending some time with us this morning. Edinburgh Public Works Director Vince Romero joining us on Newstalk 710 KURV. This is the only radio station in the Rio Grande Valley for the news and information you need to know. We are Newstalk 710 KURV.
Discover our Facebook page, 710KURV, also Twitter. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and my email is Sergio at KURV.com. Thank you for listening to News Talk 710KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.